Hi there. Welcome to the Isogo TV podcast from isogostrong.com. I am your host, Becky Hammond, and you and I gather here on this podcast to fixate on strength in our families and on our teams. Because when we start from assuming strength, we can make relationships easier. This is episode 110. In some way, your life today does not look like the life that you led just a few weeks ago. There's change and stress and the sense of crisis all around us. It's, it's in a new way that feels pretty unprecedented in the last few decades. As a result, I'm taking a few episodes away from our scheduled series about the 34 Clifton strengths to talk instead about strengths in crisis. Because what I'm already hearing from leaders and families that are around me is that the reaction to this global crisis, it varies so greatly. I've heard a sense of hope and resilience, but I've also heard the fear and the overwhelm taking over. And that fear is what we're talking about today in today's episode. As we strive to be intentional about using our strengths to help us thrive in crisis, Maureen Monty today shares with us the importance of putting that overwhelm and stress out in front of us and truly labeling it before we can even start to overlay our strengths on it. Maureen is a beloved expert in the strengths, teams, and leadership world. And especially if you're a leader, you are going to draw some poignant takeaways about managing and thriving in crisis. She's like the crisis queen. So let's dive in with Maureen Monty. Well, hello and welcome everybody. This is Maureen Monty. Maureen, hello. Well, how are you, Becky? I am doing really good today. I'm, uh, it's afternoon where I am and shooting from the mountains of Prescott, Arizona, which is, a, I, you know, I would never would have guessed we would have been here two weeks ago. So, um, it's all a part of the, what, two billion stories that are happening around the world with regard to how this <laughs> crisis has impacted us. Um, but I am really excited to get to know you today um, and about your strengths and how they have helped you in times of crisis and have helped other teams that you have led through crisis. Um, and, uh, you know, I... I personally will be learning those things about you for the first time. And so I'm glad that we kind of get to do it here where other people can benefit from your experience as well. So um, thanks thanks for being willing to chat with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And wherever that is, that sounds pretty darn fabulous to me. So congratulations <laughs> on being there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, why don't you just start off by telling us a little bit about uh, about what your life was like before the coronavirus hit, um, like what you did for work, what your family's like, whatever seems important to you um, about, you know, what was life was like maybe mid-February? Um, you know, it's a great question. And for me, this, this uh, coronavirus life interruption is, has a huge silver lining because I was mm. overwhelmed, right? And I've been overwhelmed for a long time. And frankly, if I were to, you know, it, to, to think about the last time I took a vacation, hmm. I think it was when I was still in the corporate world. I used to work for IBM and I decided to try living in Savannah to see if I wanted to move there. And I loved Savannah and I lived hmm. there for three months and I was a remote worker for IBM. So I could do that. 
right? I could go wherever I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I lived in Savannah for three months. It was absolutely heavenly. And, but I was working, but that was like vacation, right? It really mm. was. I, you're surrounded by history. I'm near the beach. Uh, so that was in 2014. And I don't think I've had time off since. I left the corporate world. Um, and, and of course, self-employment is by nature not vacation oriented. And I right. just, you, you have I a just really kept going and I was really, self-employed, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. And I don't manage, one of my strengths as achiever, I don't manage that one well. And then I wrote a book and then suddenly things took off from that. And so every time, every time I would say I need to take time off, something really juicy would come my way. Mm. And I couldn't, I, I wouldn't, I could say no. I wouldn't say no. And so I didn't. And so most of my work, all ever since I was exposed to Strength Finder in 2006 and a master's for leadership and business ethics, I've been using it with teams. Mm. I am at everything I do is teams and leadership, period. Mm. Strength Finder is a vehicle for dialogue for me. Mm. Okay. But it's not. It's not the be-all and end-all. And I'm not dis- dissing the assessment. No assessment is a be-all and end-all. It is a, for me, it's a vehicle for dialogue. And because I work with teams, uh, I am often in situations where the teams are struggling and in a crisis mode of some sort. So for me, this coronavirus thing, I watch with interest as how people react, right? And... Um, so at a high level, I mean, I guess I should stop there. Otherwise, I'm going to dive into what crisis and fear is and strengths. And I'm glad to do that next. But I want to pause and I want to take over this whole thing, which I have a possibility of doing as well, and say, uh, ask, see if you have any questions from that. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So now, were you doing most of your work live or most of your work virtually? How, how, what did that look like kind of before things started to spiral here? You know, I do a lot of virtual work. I'm not, a, um, I'm not concerned with that at all, having been a virtual employee for IBM. Mm-hmm. So my manager was in London. My colleagues were in Massachusetts wow. and California. And uh, we were virtual, right? So that's never been an issue for me. And what that gives me is global reach, mm-hmm. right? I can work with a team in Singapore or in San Francisco or yes. um, Kentucky. Uh, but if it's in Kentucky, I usually choose to drive because they do mm-hmm. like face-to-face meetings. I'm in Michigan. And um, so uh, I would say 20% virtual and um, 80% in person would have probably been the case. Although um, I do teach Cornell, I teach lead courses for Cornell and those are all virtual. So a chunk of that is, is, is virtual. My time is that as well. So. So give us a glimpse into how your life has been impacted. You know, we're, we're four months from kind of the the very, the very beginning of this, and it slowly started creeping up onto our borders, and then you know, see, you know as you, you as you know very well, into the heart of our nation. Um, so, what's different about your overall life in the last four weeks or so, um, or your daily routine? What 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 feels like it's most been most significantly impacted? I feel I feel a lot less stress. Which should wow. be, which is the opposite than it should be wow. because I should be stressed out about coronavirus, but I'm not. I'm not afraid of getting it. I've probably already got it, had it. What I do fear, and we can talk about fear, uh, is passing it on to someone else or my mother who's older or my brother. Um, so I'm, I'm, I've become the grocery buyer, which mm. I'm glad to do. I live alone. 
Um, my, I never married, although I was engaged a couple of times, which was, both of those were a disaster. And so, that sounds like an entirely other story. On this, on yeah. this <laughs> yes, that does. Um, and so for a lot of reasons, uh, I'm, I'm single, which I'm perfectly fine with. But um, so I've kind of, kind of had this blessing of a break mm-hmm. because looking at my workload, which much of it has been postponed, which I'm fine with. Um, I did not see how I was ever going to get a break. And um, one of the teams I work with is an Olympic team. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen with that, yeah. with that for them. And they went from thinking it wasn't going to be canceled because that's what they first said to it being canceled to being rescheduled. And so I've spent t- a lot of time with them, more time with them than we might have otherwise on managing this journey. And my job with them is to help them take this time, this extra time that they have, and turn that into a competitive advantage that others don't have. Because everybody's, the Olympics been canceled for everybody. So how do you take this time? It's frustrating, upsetting. Some people, this was their last year. Some coaches, it was Mm -hmm. their last year. There's a lot of um, emotion around it. How do you take that and make it a competitive advantage? So Mm -hmm. at at my core, a lot of the work I do with teams and, and it's only been um, exacerbated, if you will, or seems more important now as a result of mm. this incredible, you know, hammer that we've been hit by in, in, in all over the world, um, is to remember that at the core of a crisis is fear. Mm. And fear is individual. What you're afraid of is not the same thing that I'm afraid of. Yeah. Right? How you react to it is different than how I react to it. So, for example, and, and fear is an emotional reaction, not necessarily a rational one. Now, we have many reasons to be fearful of COVID-19, right? Sure. You, have, you should be more fearful if you're older and have health conditions, et cetera, et cetera. But if you look at other fears we have, so for example, 25% of the population has a fear of something called, um, let me get this right, glassophobia. glassophobia What's this? Which is the fear <laughs> of public speaking. Uh, okay, all right. So 25%, like, like for public speaking, for some people is a crisis. Mm. Now it's not a crisis for me. It's probably not a crisis for you, but it's a crisis for them. 30% of us are afraid of snakes, like terrified. 50% of us are afraid to go in the ocean because there's sharks there. And yet if we looked at the the emotional Mm. versus the rational, right? So my job when I run into a team, because it's mostly teams and sometimes it's individuals who are in the middle of a crisis is to one, make sure I don't judge it through my own lens. In other words, mm. why would you be afraid of snakes, right? Why would you be? So my, I'm not afraid, but you are. And then second of all, to never um, uh, kind of undermine their emotions. In other words, if mm. someone said, to, if I were to say, if you were to say, I'm afraid of a snake out here in Arizona, and there's probably snakes out there, by the way. Oh yes, we just <laughs> ran across one recently. <laughs> There you go, right? So if, you were to, if I were to say, don't worry, that's like telling you not to be so tall, right? right? You can't, you, you, it, it's worry, it is what it is. So in the moment, I almost always dive into with these teams that are in a, in a crisis mode into what is the root of the fear. Mm. Then we bring strengths in for me. But we don't go to the strengths first. We go to the fear first, the crisis first. The, the, what is, what does success look like as an outcome out of this 
at the end of this crisis? What would, what would it look like? And so the, we, we define all that and then we bring the strengths in. Now that we may have already done analyze our strengths, but I don't talk about it. I don't, I don't in the middle of a fear I don't, of, of, a, of, a, of a young athlete saying to me, I'm afraid, I'm afraid my teammates are gonna hate me if I lose this match. I don't say, oh, you know, what strength is that? <laughs> right, because that's not the right. time. Right, and that's not a strength, really, right? Not like, the time. Not a, that's not about the strength. I mean, I suppose maybe your strengths are feeding into why you might feel more, you know, one way versus another. But it's it's as you're saying, it's the underlying, the core root of the problem or the root of that panic or overwhelm or anxiety that we're tr you're trying to like set that out on the table, if I understand you correctly, and then say, okay, what tools do we have exactly. to help with this? Right. Mm -hmm. mm. And in some cases, it's my experience, right? This happens to be a really quite a young athlete right. that's made this Olympic team. And so I have, I'm 60. I have more experience than she does, right? Um, but you nailed it, though, that it's really, it's really not about, you know, what strength is that? In the back of my mind, I'm going, okay, so, you know, four or six of her top 10 are relationship strengths. Mm. She's worried the bonds are going to break. Okay. Mm. So I get that. And so I talk about, about it from that angle, but I don't at that point bring it up to her because right. they are not interested at that point in their strengths. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's where I think it'd be really helpful to, to, to say, that's my platform for dialogue, right? That's mm. my platform for dialogue. But everything else I do around it is really geared towards overcoming those obstacles. And, and in many cases, that at that moment, that felt like a crisis to her. Yeah. Right. It isn't a crisis. It isn't going to be in the world if she doesn't do well in that match. The team's still going to like her. But in that mm -hmm. moment, she's having a crisis, right? Yeah. So that's where I think that, that I, I bring a lot of value to people. And mm -hmm. I am always dead calm in a crisis. And, and, and maybe it's because my father died when I was 11 and I had three younger brothers. And there was always some sort of a crisis in my, in my mm -hmm. family, right? And, and I don't say that in a way of like, oh, my crazy family. There just was. There was three boys and me, right? My mom's at good school. So there's a lot of reasons that I, I've been exposed. I had been exposed to pressure at a young age. Yeah. And I was an athlete. That exposes you to pressure. So I think there's a variety of things. And then the way I'm wired, you know, some of the strengths I have in my top 10, for example, are self-assurance, responsibility. Um, and frankly, there's nothing that can happen. And there's no topic off topic. That, that we can't figure out here as, right. as, as a kind of a collective wisdom on the team. So that's mm. how I approach it. Wow. And so t tell us a little bit about when you think about crisis, whether, whether it's this kind of time of global crisis uh, that probably the only history that I've heard that's kind of is similar to this is the 1918 flu. You know, they're kind of making some of those similar kind of back and forth about that. Of course, there have been world wars, but this is impacting people in a different way. So maybe it's about this crisis or maybe it's about other crises that you have lived through and ultimately thrived through. Tell, tell us a little bit about um, what do you think the role of your strengths were once you realized what the root of the crisis was or what the root of the anxiety around the crisis was um, and kind of how they helped you to be the calm in the storm like you're describing. And actually you probably have to give us your, your uh, dominant Clifton strengths as well. Yeah, yeah. Why don't I, I start with that? Um, so ideation, strategic, learner, achiever, individualization, 
I list Maximizer next, but it isn't really, but I took Strength Finder twice and in my top five, it was Maximizer once and the other yep. four remained the same, right? So, but in my top 10, which I do think play a big role, um, context, what's the history been like? Uh, responsibility, self-assurance. Um, so there's some other um, tools I think I bring to the equation. And I, I just, I can't explain why I never, uh, why I'm the, always calm mm. in the storm. Uh, I just am. And, and I, don't, I don't know if it's the special blend. I don't know what it is. In my client environment, it's my individualization that gets to the root mm. of their unique individual um, either team crisis, and in some cases it is a crisis, meaning right. we've got problems with the, the management or the coaches, and we've got problems with the athletes. In other words, so it isn't just one person, it is a unit having problems. And I always mm. treat them like a unit, a special yeah. unit. Um, and then ideation will always have ideas on how to solve it. I'm responsible, so I'm careful that um, we're doing the right thing, mm. right? So that it's kind of the medical first do no harm, right? Yeah. So I try to live by that myself. First, do no harm, right? And if I don't know what to do, then I don't say or do anything until I ask more questions and get the, once I get the information and the data inputs in my top 10, then my ideation clicks in and it's specific to that person, that team, and off we go. Hmm. Hmm. You were, uh, I'm, I have a particular interest in healthcare because that's my background and those are the clients that I mostly work with. And you were um, describing offline a crisis that you were able to kind of help through. So tell us a little bit about what, what was their core issue? You know, what was that fear factor or what was the kind of people going, getting overwhelmed and spinning around in, in circles about? And, and what did it look like as you overlaid either your strengths or their strengths on top of that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it was a healthcare company and it was a merger of three healthcare companies. Mm. And that in itself, you know, it, you've been in the medical industry. Um, let me try to be diplomatic. Harmony's <laughs> way down there. <laughs> so, diplomatic, straightforward, let's just say, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm very straightforward and I'll call it out, right? Um, the, the smartest guy in the room, smartest person in the room syndrome was appearing the know-it-all olympics yeah okay yeah. and um but i didn't come in till the till, till it was falling apart wow the, the merger had been happening it, it was because fifty thousand jobs are at stake and we need the leaders this was a leadership team that's doing it we need them to mm. make this happen and happen well and so to take these uh and they're stem people they're scientists per se so um, in general, and I'm an engineer, so I can say this, <laughs> STEM and, and medical and engineering people are not as relationship oriented. True. So the know-it-all Olympics looked like people with two by fours hitting each other about how stupid that was, right? So I did what I always do, which is I've written a book called Destination Unstoppable, and we mm -hmm. define what success looks like out of this group. And... Um, they they agreed because I began to poke at the human stuff, right? Because it was clear to me I could tell by the, how they treated me, right? <laughs> that they were that they had issues, and I don't expect to be treated like the Queen of England, right? <laughs> but I could tell how they treated me, and I'm like, if you're treating your 
close colleagues like this or the new people that are coming into your organization, oh right? this is not good. So in the end, um, one of the measurements of, of success was 360 degree respect. Hmm. And once we got there and once we talked about uh, not just the, it was also very inward focused. I forced them to look at what the, what the expectations were for a client experience. What does a great client mm-hmm. experience look like as a result of this merger, right? So um, that, that was kind of how that all unfolded. And the, the person in the room who was least valued out of this brain trust of let's say 20 leaders um, became the most valued because mm-hmm. he had the relationship goods. He had the, mm-hmm. the ability to bring that human glue, that kindness to pull the team together. Because at the root of everything I do, if your, your team isn't unified, you're toast. Mm-hmm. You can be the smartest, bestest, most wonderful people, but a team has to be unified. Mm-hmm. So um, that was, that was a, a big one. And, and I spent a lot of time with them. And you know, I, had, I had one guy really, really push back on me and become almost mm-hmm. completely uncooperative. Um, but he said I was a bimbo. It's a good start. Which with my low harmony. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I'm like, here's this so-called you know, mental giant calling me a bimbo. And so you just kind of kind of work. That's where I am grateful for my sports background, for being a female mm-hmm. in engineering. There's not a lot you can do to make me feel bad, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, you wanna, if we want to fight hard, we can. Now, I'd rather not, but we can. <laughs> and if it's for the best of the team, then I will. But mm. otherwise, I just let some of that roll off my back, right? <laughs> so, but um, there's, just, there's just so many, so many times when my, um, my ability to ask questions, to mm. dig deeper into the, to the core, and their fear was it wasn't going to work, and it wasn't. Okay. But if we could get some, you know, our arms around what, success look like from that Mm. and uh you know i had a guy call me and i had spoke to him done like his top five strengths and he called me and said i'm about to be fired and so first of all is that true right and it was true and once i got further into it i did not blame them for wanting to fire this fellow and he was quite quite far up high up the chain so we went from there to a you know much deeper dive and what are they unhappy with and what have you done and you know, we were able to, to, to resolve some of that and, and got, you know, in a time of crisis, once you're beyond the crisis, one of three things happen. You don't change a bit. You don't mm. learn a thing. Mm. You change some. You learn some. Or three, you learn a lot. Mm. And your, your whole being can be transformed by that. That's why there really is that Chinese symbol for it is opportunity. And in a crisis is also opportunity, the same symbol, yeah. I think, for in like Chinese or something like that. Um, but I will say after working with him and then with his team, I think he's one of those that was, he got some out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that he will continue to make some of these mistakes. And the other thing about crisis and fear and, and working through a big obstacle is the universe is here to help you. Mm-hmm. And you can either listen and learn, or you'll not, and you'll continue to have the universe help you down the road. And by the way, that does not make him or anybody else a bad person. It makes them not ready. Hmm. And so I'm a big believer in, you're not ready for that yet? That's okay. You know, and I, it'll, it'll come and, and, or it won't. But either way, you'll, get, you'll suffer the consequences of that 
decision. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that meanly. I mean that there are, with every outcome, there's consequences, right? Yeah. With every situation, there's consequences. So and we have a lot more control over the consequences than we do the situation that we're in. Right. Right. Well, that's so very clearly um, paralleled to what's going on right now. I mean, we, we have very little control over the crisis itself, uh, less probably than you, you and your, the team did as they were able to kind of, you know, ch change things around absolutely. a little bit. Um, what, as you think about working with that team or, or with others, what parallels do you see to kind of what's going on right now and kind of the panic and overwhelm that, that people are, mm -hmm are experiencing and it it makes me think of the the smartest guy in the room thing you know i mean it's is it you know everyone's whacking each other's you know with that well i think this and i think that and this is going to be horrible no this is not this is a conspiracy no it's not you know all these different things that are 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 uh, that we're kind of hearing and being inundated and flooded with that that make that crisis spiral even further downward uh, what what parallels do you feel like you can draw between your experience with crisis with teams or in your own history and what's going on right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of parallels and mm -hmm. um, I think what people forget, they forget the power of their own mind. And, and I don't, I don't mm -hmm. mean, here's what I mean by that. Um, I might have the kind of strengths that can create, complete a complete movie a complete opera a complete disaster titanic movie inside my head and my blood pressure goes up and my uh my worry about my kids my worry about the, my job my worry about and, and and some of those may be real okay there may be reason to be concerned um but no matter what that movie is that you create it will not be true it will never turn out exactly as you imagine and you can imagine it so clearly right? You can see what a disaster. This is going to be terrible, right? <laughs> and, and therefore, turn the volume down in your mind, right? Because mm -hmm. you can also choose to focus on the things that you can do today to take care of your children, to take care of you, to take care of the people that work for you. If you're working remotely, mm -hmm. for example, there are, those are the controllables, right? So people get all caught up in what they actually can't mm -hmm. control and don't do what they could do. And that is an entire waste of valuable energy. If I have half a cup of energy today, how am I going to use that to my advantage, to my family's advantage, to my team's advantage? Mm -hmm. Not creating the monster movie out of in my head and letting that play out over and over and over and over and over again, right? Yeah. So crisis may come. It may the coronavirus may land at your doorstep, and until it does, do not rush down the road looking for it, <sighs> right? So do what you can. Eat well buy the right food, go only go once a week, do what you can, wear your face mask, all these things that they tell us. And, and don't buy into the political crap, the it's, it's their fault, it's China's mm -hmm. fault, it's somebody's fault, somebody screwed up. Okay, well, have you never screwed up? Because I doubt that's true. So just relax, take a deep breath. Remember, this is a chance for you to be a leader for your kids, for your team, for your neighbors find a way to do something positive with all that that energy there's plenty of organizations out there that could use money that could use help that could use facebook support spread the message support the first responders support the healthcare workers there's all kinds of things that could be done that are a lot more valuable than that that energy loop running inside your head that's of no use
Yes. Yes. I was just thinking of that last night as I, uh, as I was going to bed, I, I, you know, we have this like delay going on because we have satellite, we're in the mountains, all these things. And I'm like, I run a virtual business. Like I can't have delay on zoom. And I was, you know, doing tests on the internet speed. And I went to sleep thinking, this is dumb. I am wasting mental energy, as you say, mental energy. I'm wasting time on something that I have no control over whatsoever. You know, why don't I, you know, if I, even if I am concentrating on some of the other good things, I could release energy to, you know, concentrate on the kids or on having a better relationship with my spouse instead of having this just kind of cycle go downward of something that I have zero oh well maybe one percent control over because i could turn off wi-fi on the other computers that are in the house you know um so i i think (laughs) that really really rings true to me it really rings true to me and your ability to do that is a gift because it can be a problem solver but like Mm -hmm. anything else when it's not well managed it's not it's not serving you so helping us helping all of us do that now listen to me, you know, this is a case of physician heal thyself <laughs> because it took a coronavirus for me to take, take, you know, a month off and which it isn't actually because I'm teaching, et cetera, et cetera. But um, this is a gift for me. And, and it's shown me that this lifestyle is within my control. Mm. If, yeah. if I would choose it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely. There's a real blessing in it for me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'll just share one more quick thing. I, 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 was, yeah. I got into trouble at the uh, Canadian border and I have issues with borders. I, I could, there's three or four situations with like embassies and things <laughs> like that. I, end up, I always end up in the doghouse. And I got, I, got on the, I got on the bridge to go to Canada when I, what I was really was trying to do to get a, a Nexus card to go into Canada by bypassing the line. And I was there to register for it. But the yeah. signage was so terrible that I end up on the bridge to Canada. And then I turn around and I come, in, and I come through an entrance that I shouldn't have. Exactly. And I, I, it's a long story, but the, the, the guy's yelling at me. He's like, do you know I could throw you in jail and give you a $5,000 fine? And this is when I had a lot going on. This would have been in January. And I was, I felt like saying, dude, throw me in jail, please. I can't think of a better place to be right now than they have like a month in jail where I can't do any work and live my, you know, work myself to death. So, so what you know, you're saying is this is your fault, Instead of the right? month in jail. <laughs> I guess I am saying that and I, and I'm sorry about that to everybody out there. I'm sorry about that. So, I'm sorry. I interrupted no. you. Go right ahead. No, no, no. I, um, I, I love that. I love that. Um, you know, sometimes we just need a break that we can't give ourselves. Um, I have had that experience in my life. I'm a, I lead with achiever. I'm achiever number one as well. And so I've had different times in my life where things were just whack. No, you can't work anymore. And you know what and then seeing the beauty and the value of of a pause and then you know hopefully the idea is and you said it yourself we do we not change do we change a little or do we change a lot during crisis like the hope for people like you or me is that we can say okay i'm not ever going back to that exact same thing because i could sense that it was that exactly. i was going crazy i was driving too hard or driving too much i was tired i was you know but i couldn't do anything I, wouldn't do anything about it. And now look what the benefits that there are. I'm still productive. I'm still helping people, but yet, Oh, I can breathe. I have space. I mean, that, that is, um, that's, it's amazing that you're, 
you're feeling that so tangibly even so soon, really at the beginning part of the, the most likely impact of this virus around the world for months to come. Yeah, no, that's that. And you said it beautifully. And I, I'm going to ask you to be my accountability partner to check on me once a month and say, <laughs> and I'll deny, I'll deny everything. <laughs> How's your achiever doing? Right. Everything's and, uh, fine. Yeah. So good. that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But you're right. Well, I, and this is where, you know, all of us have a chance, especially if we're in the business of helping people, we have a chance to live our values here, live this a little bit ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. That's my goal. Well, it was really, really helpful and insightful for you to walk through a crisis with an organization. And then we, or, we overlay the, our current kind of global crisis on top of that to see like if I, if, if I'm struggling as somebody, you know, if I'm struggling in this virus, what would I do if it wasn't a global pandemic? What would I do if it was me running a team that had extreme conflict? Or what would I do if it was me as a part of a leadership team that was going through a merger? Or what would I do if it was, you know, a, a, a variety of things that, or maybe it's, what would I do if I was me and my family in a crisis and one of my kids just got sick, right? What, what, what would I do um, in those situations? And then how can I apply that to this bigger thing? Um, Cause I think sometimes it's, it's just like, it's too, it's too big. It's too overwhelming. We can't think of what, what is, what would be the best reaction for me right now? How can I draw the best out of my strengths to address that fear that we put out on the table? Um, and thinking about it in a team perspective, leadership or a family perspective, um, it, it really provides uh, a good word picture and kind of breaks it down into a smaller bit. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's such a great question and there's nothing wrong with having those feelings of being overwhelmed or, yeah. or that this is really a crisis and it, and it, yeah. and it is. Um, one question, um, there's a guy out there named Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E. I don't know if that brings okay. a bell to you, but um, mm -hmm. he was on Oprah a thousand years ago and that, that certainly was good for his business. And um, he's got a book out there called The Power of Now. And one of the questions mm. he, he asks in that book, I ask people, particularly individuals when they're in a crisis, and that is, what do you have, what do you need that you don't have right now? Mm. So what do you need that you don't have right now? And that helps us get to the, to the root of it. Cause almost all of it, you do have everything you need right now, right? Mm -hmm. The core of it, you have food, you have air, you have water, you have your family around you, but that you've gotten so far ahead of in your own disaster movie mind or whatever that's happening, that you're creating some, a need that's may come someday, but it isn't right now. Mm -hmm. So the staying in the now, right. Which is so mm -hmm. hard to do and so easy to say. So yeah. that, that's the only, when you said that, that made me think of that. And I have used that plenty of times. What do you, what do you need that you don't have right now? Yeah. 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 It's and a question that really know. can drive okay. you into the, into the, into the, the moment instead of like you're saying that movie that you're creating in your head, the toxic voices, the tapes that are mm -hmm. kind of playing, playing the future that will never be. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. good. Well, you know, um, as we kind of wrap it up here, um, what advice or encouragement would you give to um, maybe, you know, based on your experience, like what, what advice or encouragement would you give to a, a team or a leader who has now found themselves in this situation that we're pretty much all in and is feeling that sense of overwhelm, that sense of 
stress and just can't really feel like they're, they don't really feel like they're able to get out of it. Yeah. I think it gets back to, um, so if that were without any discussion about strengths or anything like that, I would be asking them to write down what the challenges are, Mm -hmm. write them down. Okay. Then I would say, which one is this week? Which one is next month? Which one is right? I would add some structure around what the challenge, where are they? And also prioritization. Which one is most important right now? Hmm. So let's say, let's say you can't make payroll. Your company can't make payroll. Let's say you're working for a restaurant and your company can't make, you have a restaurant and the company can't make payroll. I would consider that high priority, right? So once we get the things settled down, then what are your options? Hmm. And, and almost always, if we add some structure around the problem, we see solutions that we can't see that, uh, that are, and, and, and by the way, all the answers are there for them, right? Or mm-hmm. someone can help them, right? Like a business, another business person, a bank. There are all the answers are there. Some the answers are there somewhere. And it may even be within the team, but if you don't have it identified, what those problems mm-hmm. are, um, then then you're less likely to solve them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And second of all, where when you're on the other side of this, what will that look like, right? Mm-hmm going forward because sometimes it's also the how can i prevent this in the future because people see this is going to happen over and over again people being absent for example so um my my point being is is adding a little bit of logic yeah Um, i saw a guy say recently and i thought it was beautiful he said you know he was talking about the power of prayer in this time and he was speaking to business people not just Hmm normal quote people, right? People, people in business pray too, because prayer is calming and prayer mm. is giving. Um, and he said, um, you know, the, of course, staying in prayer and close to your sense of your higher power, something bigger than you. And then the second thing he said, and I think this is so critical, he said, um, we have reason. God gave us the ability to reason. Mm-hmm. Use your reason. Use your wisdom, use your knowledge, use your ability to think logically. And some of us that's easier for than others, right? But at some point in there, in that noodle of everybody out there, there's reason. Mm-hmm. So listen to that. Yeah. I yeah. Take. Wow. I love it. I love that. It just, it basically is breaking down something that feels so enormous into what am I really worried about? And what is it? What, what can I do about it? And the things I can't do anything about, what am I going to choose to do with those in, a, in my mental space? And we already talked about that, you know, earlier is how, how can we choose to just concentrate on what we can control and let the things we can't control mm-hmm. start to work themselves out? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Yeah, well, that's, I, and that's easy to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Very, very, very easy to say, uh, much harder to do. And I think um, in the end, I, I just, I love that you're, you're helping us um, see that we can get to the root of what we're, what, of what really is at the bottom of the overwhelm, putting that fear out in front of us. What is, what am I really afraid of? And then we can start to break it down into smaller bits and start to apply our strengths over the top of that. Um, and and that it's okay to have that, those feelings and the, that fear and that we can do something about it though. Um, we don't have to be stuck there. We don't have to be trapped in it. Yep, we don't. 
We do not have to. And it's hard work to get out of it, but you have, you have control over that. So one of the reasons, one of the, when, I didn't, when I wrote my book, I did battle with my brother and he was right. I have a brother that owns a marketing company. And I did battle with my brother over the title. Mm. And the title I wanted ended up being the subtitle. But I think it's important for this time of crisis, if you have a team and families are teams too, no teammates should be left behind because they, mm. every single person adds value to that team, maybe in ways you don't understand. And that's where Strength Finder can help. So my book is actually called Destination Unstoppable. I've got a copy of it here. Um, there we go. It's called Destination Unstoppable, but the subtitle is The Journey of No Teammate Left Behind. Mm. And I, I think there's no time, better time for leaving nobody behind on solving this problem. In, 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 and I mean, even in our little world, right? Yeah. So I, I would recommend it. Very good. Well, Maureen, thank you so much for uh, being here with me today in the mountains and I being in your house in uh, Michigan and uh, just uh, being willing to share your story and your history and your background and kind of what ends up being your, your sweet spot in some, spot, in some parts of what, what does it look like to lead through crisis? What does it look like to help others through crisis? So thank you for sharing your story and for giving us some encouragement and some tips along the way as we're all in this global crisis together. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled yeah. to be on your show. That activity she shares really helps sort out all the confusion, doesn't it? And I definitely personally have continued to just ruminate on this idea that it's really a waste of energy and time and mental space to fret over things that I can't control, like the speed of my internet service. <laughs> Maureen Monty is an active blogger over at MaureenMonty.com, and she shares into a wide circle of influence. And as she shared in the episode, she wrote a book called Destination Unstoppable that is available everywhere books are sold. Almost prophetically, she wrote so that we would have a guide to help leave no one behind in crisis even on this global scale. So do connect with Maureen Monty on LinkedIn, Twitter, and even on her YouTube channel. She's a wealth of wisdom and experience, and your team and leadership will be better because of connecting with her. Her name is spelled M-A-U-R-E-E-N-M-O-N-T-E. So be sure to connect with her. In the coming episodes, we continue to hear from some amazing business owners, healthcare leaders, coaches, and friends as they share their perspective and stories about living through strengths in crisis. Since the goal of this series is to help each other, let's connect over on Instagram to share how we've seen strengths show up in crisis. Tag or direct message me with your story or your idea. On Instagram, you can find me at IsogoStrong. I would love to connect with you there and swap stories. Also, if you are new to the strengths concept or you're just getting spun up on your own top five and you're curious about what it might look like to feel more of this thriving in this global craze, I'd love to help give you a jump start as your virtual coach. It's super easy to start and since you're here today, I'd love to get you $5 off the Strength Startup Virtual Coach Kickstarter, which makes it under 20 bucks. In this email coaching series from me that you'll get, you get insights and your talent into your talents and your strengths, as well as some action that you can take to make relationships easier around you in stress and beyond. If you go over to isogostrong.com slash strengthstartup, you can check it out there. And then use the code virtualcoach5 for $5 off. I'd be honored to get a chance to get to know you. 
You and your strengths have the power to make a ripple effect in your family and on your team, and then ultimately across the entire world. We can feel that now more than ever. The world needs your strengths. So learn them, love them, and live them in your own circles of influence. Until next time on Isogo TV.